bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this gathering. We thank you, Lord, that you are the eternal God who knows all things. Lord, you're the one who came and paid the price for us. You're the one, O oh Lord, who has made provision for us. For everything that is on this earth, Lord, for every trial we go through, every disappointment, everything we face, Lord, we draw from you. Lord, you've heard, you've seen the events of the last week. Lord, you know what's happened, but Father, we now come and we commit it all in your hands. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will help our brother Ray, Sister Tabitha, Lord, in the days to come. Lord, you guide the trustees, this church, as we move forward. And Lord, we will move forward by your grace. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd bind us together. You'd cause us, O oh Lord, that we would just move together in one. Lord, our enemy is one. It's not in our midst, Lord. It's against the enemy, the devil, the one, O oh Lord, who is coming and doing all he can. But Lord, we know we are on the winning side. So we ask this morning, Lord, as we just come together, now we just take some time in your word and on a report. We ask your blessing would be upon us. Lord, we commit all these things to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel like we need to sing a song. Let's sing glad morning, some glad morning. Just change the order. Is that all right? Some glad morning. When this life is over, Bye. 
Thank you, musicians. We're going to turn to the Bible. Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And then we'll also read from Ephesians 1. Amen. One thing we know is our home is not here. We have no continuing city. So we believe that there's a home on high and there's a place that we're looking to. Matthew 24, let's start reading from verse 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall see, deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before, therefore if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. If you go on the internet today, there's a lot of people pointing to a lot of things. But God has also put his finger on something in this last day. For as the lightning shineth out of the east, and cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Wherever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered. Not a certain gift, everybody will be gathered. Not a certain church, not a certain ministry, but where the revealed word of the hour is, there the elect will be gathered. God bless you. You may have your seats this morning. I'll also read from Ephesians chapter 1. We'll just read two verses there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. <clears throat> and this is Paul. This is the inheritance chapter. Ephesians parallels Joshua. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his will. I'd like to speak this morning on the gathering unto him. And I'll use this and, and our backdrop will be to report a little bit on our trip as we do it. Back last December, uh, when we gathered as ministers, uh, all the ministers that are here, Brother Andrew, Brother Moses, Brother John, and, and uh, we all gathered together, Brother Max, we were all at our place, and we just began to speak a little bit of the upcoming year. And our discussion was related to some of the things in the church, but it was also in regards to our outreach, our, our working out, our presenting the gospel, because I believe we're under a commission. And, and Jesus, when he left in Mark chapter 16, he told them, go into the, you know, in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. 
And, and that commission still stands. That commission is for the teenager. That commission is for every one of us. And that can be in our workplace. That can be in our school. That can be in our daily walk. That can be in any form. But I believe we're all under that. And I would say that's, <coughs> that's dedicated to this end time. And I believe that if you really want to be blessed of God, that you will find yourself doing what he said in, a, in terms of spreading the gospel. So as, as we discussed that, and, and then in the early part of this year at our prayer meetings, we made it a, a position of prayer to pray for God's leading uh, this upcoming year for some of the things that we would be involved in. For many years, we had a pastor here who had taken a burden of spreading this gospel. He had taken it to many places. He took it overseas, took it to the Philippines. He went to New Zealand. He went to Europe, primarily much in Africa. And um, I would say God blessed this church because of those labors. And I would say because of those labors, I have some of the best friends in the world across the world. People in the countries in West Africa and Eastern Africa, you know, different places. And I would say it's been a, uh, very much a part of what this church is all about. And for two, almost three years, we haven't been able to travel. The COVID-related um, lockdown across the world, the, um, the, the obvious things, that, the constraints that were a result of that. Uh, the last mission trip I was able to take was in 2020. That was three years ago. And it was to the country of Uganda. And it was right on the heels of that that COVID came into place and really began opening up last year, but probably very much this year when I did that. So we made that a matter of prayer, and we prayed for the Lord to lead us in, in some of these things. So uh, a number of things have come up. I'll bring a little bit more light on that, but there's been some directions on where we would go, and, and some things have come together. But I'll speak today a little bit, and this morning I'll probably just speak primarily on Uganda. I would like to probably take another 15 minutes on Malawi tonight, and then I'd like to take about 30 minutes on a little thought after that. Is that okay? I, I just, I, I need some feedback here. Just wave at me or do something and let me know that you're there. And, and I see some of you, and I see your faces, and that's wonderful, and I've had a chance to talk to some of you. And I just want to say thank you to our ministering brothers, first of all. Brother Andrew, God bless you. Thank you for what you've done just to work together. Brother Max, your ministry. I, I want to thank Brother John for the service. Brother Moses, uh, he's, he's, I think he's probably translating. But I just want to say how I appreciate all these brothers. And we had a young people's service on, on Friday. Our Brother Philip Callahan spoke. It's the second time he spoke. He spoke once before. And uh, we just pray that God will work and just... You know, we all have to start somewhere, and uh, Brother Philip's been ministering a little before he ever came here, but uh, we, we all started somewhere. And I'm grateful, many years ago, uh, I was just a young man, and, and Brother Harold had been going overseas, and I, I, I just asked him one time, hey, I'd like to come with you. And uh, I think that was in about 1990, so that's about 33 years ago, or summer 1991, somewhere in there, and I went with him for five weeks, and uh, it was just as as I was opening into the ministry, and, and uh, it was, uh, I didn't realize how much a part of me it was. Probably coming back this time, it, it just so struck me again how much that this should be a part of who we all are. And by the way, when I go, I'm not going myself. 
I've got your prayers behind me. Uh, I want to thank you for that because I certainly felt your prayers. And I say, God bless you. This is not Brother Ed going. This is the whole church going. And when I go, I go and I say, I'm coming on behalf of our church. So you're all a part of it. And uh, if you ever have in your heart sometime to go and you really want, and let's pray about it. And I believe that the Lord willing will be doing that a little bit more. So we, we had a little bit of time to pray about it. And uh, so one of the things that opened up was this trip coming up at Easter time. So if you'll turn on the PowerPoint for me, if you will, I'll try and go through that here uh, just quickly. I'll give you some photos and I'll give you a little bit of a report on some of the things that happened. And, uh, and like I say, I believe we had gone with the intent um, uh, to go into the uh, countries was really we hadn't had a connection in the last little while other than, you know, just some overseas, uh, like, video clips, some WhatsApp texts, some emails, you know, just, just these kind of things. But when you actually go on the ground, uh, you begin to feel, and that was part of our burden, was to just, we felt we needed to connect with people again and do these things. So that was what we did. So we started out, and we went, first of all, to the country of Uganda. In a worldwide map, maybe that's not that clear. This, that's not even clear either. Let's go back here. So, so... The country of Uganda is in the middle of Africa. We're way up here. We took a flight on, I believe it was April 4th. It was a Tuesday afternoon or, or mid-morning or whatever. I flew from Edmonton to Montreal, Montreal to Brussels, Brussels to Kampala. I left here Tuesday uh, midday. I arrived Wednesday night about 11 p.m. So uh, if you ever have complained about a long trip, uh, I, I have more reason to complain than most of you, is all I can say. But I think going there was something in the neighborhood of 34 hours. Coming back was 42 hours. But at any rate, I'm back. I'm in one piece. I'm here. Thank you for praying, for safety. God blessed us, watched over us. So Uganda is the country of Africa. It's, it's right in the central. It's right on the equator. Um, it's uh, a country of 44 million people. It has 41 languages, 41 languages. Now, there's, there's several main languages, Lugandan, the Reutorial language, there's a couple of others, and uh, Lugandan is the primary language spoken around um, East Africa. So we were in Uganda, that was one country, Malawi was the other country just below it, and in Uganda, um, it's right on the shores of Lake Victoria, and uh, when you fly in, you fly into Entebbe. You, some of you may know Entebbe because of what happened there many years ago when the um, dictator that was there um, allowed some uh, hostages that were being held by uh, Middle Eastern people, which were primarily Jewish hostages, to land there and be held there. And the Israel army has probably one of the greatest tactical uh, victories ever won when they flew in under radar, four planes, landed there at midnight, stormed the grounds, rescued the hostages, and flew out within about an hour and a half. And uh, it's, it's a tremendous story. So when I first landed there the last time, I, I'm, I'm landing there and I'm, I'm looking, okay, where did this happen? Because I've watched this many times. And it's just uh, amazing. Anyway, that I, I landed there again 
Entebbe, and uh, so this is at Brussels along the way. Um, I, uh, you know, you're, I actually ended up staying up all night before I left just, just because I didn't want to go to, I, I was preparing, getting everything ready, and so I slept on the plane a little bit. Thankfully, I was able to do that, and, but I, I traveled, made it all the way down to Entebbe, to Kampala. This is Brother James Navandabandi. We He works in Western Africa. The last time we took a trip, we were in Eastern Africa, in the Kampala area, uh, in the Jinja area where Brother Stephen Abali is. Uh, and so we, we spent our time there. So after a day and a half of travel, I arrived. And then to get to the west where he is, it's about a seven-hour drive. So I landed there at about 11 o'clock at night. Um, the temperature was about 23 degrees, so I don't know. We are wearing coats because of air conditioning and such. But he met me along with some other brothers. This is a brother, Leo. He's from there. But we went to his hometown about two hours away. So we drove and we stayed overnight there. So that, that was sort of our initial meeting. Brother James, just so I can say this, Brother James, we've worked with translation for 17 years. And uh, we've been able to help them. We've been able to print a church age book, a seals book, many numerous messages. And they've been very reliant on our assembly and very, very grateful. And everywhere I went, they said, please thank your people for what they've done for us. And uh, if you have a, a different native language than English and you never heard the message in your language, you would be in a little bit of a fog. But when you hear it in your language, there is something that's glorious about it. And so I, I just don't want to say more about it. But we landed here in Entebbe. This is Kampala. This is Lake Victoria here. Last time we were up in Jinja with Brother Stephen Abali and some of the areas around here. Um, Uganda's bordered by Kenya to the east, Tanzania to the south, Rwanda to the southwest, and then the Congo to the west. So we drove from Entebbe, we drove um, probably a couple hours to about here, and then the next day we drove to Kasisi, which is where our headquarters were for the next five days. So we went there. Immediately the next morning driving, I was reacquainted with what the road system is in Africa. And, uh, and so it is, first of all, it's left-hand drive. And it's left-hand drive, so... And the steering wheel is on the right-hand side. So, as usual, I would go to the passenger side I'm most acquainted with. And Brother James said, oh, you want to drive? I said, no, no, I, I just want to sit. <laughs> so, it, it took a while to get used to that. And then, driving down the roads, you know, with motorcycles, pedestrians, and you're zinging by them at, you know, 40, 50 kilometers an hour, 80 kilometers in some cases, it just takes a little getting used to again. But it, you drive down the roads. There's many sites on the roads. This is a very lush, green part of Africa. And, uh, and so driving down the roads, motorcycles abundant everywhere. Um, you know, just very, very green. Stopping by numerous towns along the way. Um, you know, people everywhere. Um, some vehicles. I don't know if that would be legal where we are. But apparently they're setting up to go to a marketplace somewhere. So they've loaded this thing full, and then everybody sits on top. And uh, I, I can see some people say, wow, that would be neat. And, uh, but, you know, they're driving, and we pass by them, and diesel smell coming up. And Anyway, but 
the western part of Uganda is probably the nicest part that I've been to. It's very green, very, very, very nice, very lush. Lots of tea plantations along the way. Um, again, little villages, homes everywhere. Little roadside fruit stands. You know, we would stop here or there, pick up something just for refreshment. Uh, it, was, it, was just, it, was, it was nice. To some of you, this is home. Not maybe Uganda, but Africa. This is what you would be used to. Driving down the road in the evening, coming towards the Rift Valley. By the way, that motorcycle driver has got a dead pig on the back of his thing there. So he's just on the way to make some bacon. But uh, anyway, it was, was just good. We drove all day. And I'm still trying to get acclimatized because the next day we start meeting. So, you know, thankfully we stopped. We, we had a bite along the way. We acclimatized. As we came near, we came to what's called the Rift Valley. The, the great Rift Valley in the continent of Africa probably runs 5,000 kilometers from north to south. It's anywhere from 30 to 100 kilometers wide. And it's just immense. Uh, there, there's much, there's lakes, there's wildlife, etc. in there. We finally arrived in Kasisi, a mountainous backdrop. The town is here, and that's where we stayed. I got to, you know, when you look actually this way, you're looking into the mountain range, the town beyond, behind, and then if you look the other direction, you're looking back over the Rift Valley. So that was sort of our base, Kasisi over here, close to the Congolese border, um, and then down below is Rwanda. So, so Brother James had set up uh, Easter meetings. Uh, he was very, very happy that we came. Uh, it's very difficult to get out there. You really need a day travel there, a day travel back. And to make much of it, we spent four days in the area. So um, this was sort of the focus of the trip. I had to tell some of the brothers in Uganda that we weren't going by the Stephen Abali. Um, some of the others, Brother Fred, the others that we would not be making this the focus of our trip this time. So we arrived there, which was really good. The next morning, so this is now Friday morning, we started by going to a meeting. So the conventions were going to be the Easter meetings. This was Good Friday, and uh, we would have two meetings that day, one meeting in the morning, one in the late afternoon, and these meetings were going to be held locally. So the meetings were going to be held about uh, 40 minutes away where Brother James uh, has a home church, but he also has a home church right in Cassisi here. So, so in order to accommodate everybody, but he couldn't accommodate everybody at the site of the meetings, he said, listen, I'm going to make a meeting at your church and this church. So the first church we went to was his home church, which is the Cassisi End Time Gospel Church. And as a lot of churches, the building is there, but then they erect tents outside because they can't facilitate everybody within the building. And so we went there immediately to the first service. Uh, this is in the, uh, in, in, the, in the pastor's office, so you'll recognize some familiar books. Some of our young people that do book packing, these books go out. There's also some translated books, um, but... If I could just give you a quick backdrop. Brother James received the message, um, I'm going to say it's like 35 years ago, um, or, or better, 35, 40 years ago. How he received the message, the Lord God has spoken magazine that we printed. He was going into a marketplace, and somebody was using that magazine to wrap meat with. 
doesn't always get to its intended use. And, and he had ripped the magazine in half, and he was wrapping the meat, and something caught Brother James' attention. And the other half of the magazine was sitting there. He says, can I have half of that magazine? And the man said, well, no, I'm, I'm using it. To, I'll pay you for it. So he paid him something for it. He read the magazine, the top half, and immediately God spoke to him. And that was how the message started in West Africa. <coughs> so Brother James, he started that way. He knew the part he had had the revelation of water baptism. So he knew he had to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So he didn't have any other believers, nobody that he knew nearby. All the other churches didn't believe it. So he took a friend of his who was not a believer. And he said, we're going down to the river and you're going to baptize me. And before I go under the water, you're going to mention, mention the name Lord Jesus Christ when you baptize me. And his friend did. So he came out of the water. And that was the beginning of what God started. Now, I'll, I'll just come full circle on this right away. So when we got there at the church, this is the church. This is a second church that he built. It wasn't the original one that he started with. But this was the meeting that first day. Now, this man right there, actually I'll go one further. This man right there, that was his friend who baptized him. Within a year or two after, he received the message. And he says he's been one of the most loyal members of the church. And he, sometimes they go back and they, 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 they joke about that and say, do you remember those days? He says, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just God that kept us, they said. So, so this was the, the gathering. There was tents outside. We had, this is Brother James addressing the church. So when you go there, you have to start to make a transition. Unlike speaking here and that service, they had two translators. So one translator was here and the next translator was there. So I'm used to going through one translator when I've done it. Brother Max, I was really tempted to have you come up here and give a demonstration. You could speak in your, your home language, but we'll, we'll save that. We'll see how you feel tonight. Maybe we'll do it. But at uh, any rate, we, we did that. So the, I would say something, the translator would speak, and then I was ready to go into my next thought, and, then, and I heard the next guy, and I go, oh, man, I don't know how many times I interrupted the second translator. But anyway, you have to get adjusted. So, you know, lots of times here I'll take quotations, I'll relate those, but you, you kind of need to forego that. You, you would just lose too much continuity. So... You just rely on the Lord to take the thrust of the thought, to bring it, and then you preach it, and, and you just keep going. So I learned that a little bit from Brother Harold when I was over there, and I, I so appreciate all those times that I went with him and, and watched what he, what he did. So we spoke the first service there on maybe a little bit on the thought of hearing, recognizing, acting, but faith comes by hearing. Hearing was, hearing was by the word of God. The spoken word is God's original seed. And I, I just took that thought just maybe to break the ice, to do it a little bit, and, and went through, you know, uh, just a number of different thoughts and, and went through it and how necessary it is not just to have a one-time knowledge and rely on it, but to continually be washed by the water of the word. And I said to be hearing. You know, the devil knows really well. <coughs> they put up billboards for a reason. Because every time you drive by, you take that in. 
Every time you go by that. So how important is us for to be under the sound of the gospel? And we just took that service and, and we, had a, we had a really good service there and it was just a good start. And, and so this was, uh, that was a selfie with some of the brothers, the ministering brothers. This is Brother Benon Caleb is his name. He's an elder brother. I really appreciated this brother. He was one of my translators. Um, in in uh, the Lugandan language, uh, we're familiar with Uganda. I've mentioned it a few times, but there's been a real outbreak of the message amongst nominal churches, Pentecostal, Baptist, uh, Methodist. There's been just a phenomenal outbreak, probably unlike any other area that I've seen. Well, the same has happened in West Africa to a degree, where you've had ministers and congregations that have come, they've seen the truth of water baptism, some walking in the word, continuing, some more than others, but, but God has been working on a level. Well, all of that started when a, a brother named Brother Fred Kajinji um, began to do a radio broadcast with Brother Branham's voice, and then Brother Fred would speak in the Lugandan language. So he began doing that for a number of years in East Africa. Well, this brother Benon, who is here, he's been working translation. <coughs> he, he has been doing it. He has started to do the same thing. He has uh, taken Brother Branham's voice, and he has now recreated five, six messages, and he just has felt a burden, and I really encouraged him. I said, you use that. That would be a wonderful seed to be planting because you don't know what the crop will bring. Some, some plant it, some water it, some reap the harvest of it, but it's God who does the work all in all. So it was, it was just such an encouragement. Now, I want to just say this. These brothers, um, this meeting that, that Brother James arranged, um, they haven't had, you know, much like COVID, they didn't know if they'd ever have regular meetings again. And so they had one or two brothers come by, but this was Easter. So he invited many, many different people to come. So there was probably 30, 40 churches that came. People came from three to 400 kilometers away. There was believers from Congo. There was believers from Rwanda. There was believers from all these areas. Some of these brothers, at, at great expense, traveled a long ways to get there. They expected about 750 people for the meetings, they ended up getting between 1,000 and 1,100. And they came from a long ways away, so there was a great expectation. And I'll, I'll just say this. If you think the minister's got it all in his hand, he doesn't. But when the people pull, and when they're in expectation, I'll tell you what, God comes on the scene. And I, I thought I had notes for where I was going and it seemed like every service, something different happened. And it was just supernatural how God led the way. So this first service we had here was, was really good. This is the back of the church. Now, I, I had a camera where I had taken some video clips. And, and, uh, but Brother James took a couple of short clips. I'll just put those on very quickly. One from the back of the church, one from the front. So this one. Brother Mark, I'm not getting that. I don't know. Could you see if you can hit play on that thing? So God had his word to many generations. 
Okay, so anyway, it flipped its side. I don't know why it did that. I actually turned. Okay, go to the next one. Well, try it on this one here. Okay, I don't know why. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I, I did turn it, but maybe there's doing something else. So, any rate, that was just a couple of quick clips from that meeting. Um, and so we had that meeting. Uh, it was it was just slightly warm. It was probably about 28, 29 degrees. There's no air conditioning. Water bottles are good. Uh, anything you can use. You're you're just soaked when you come home, and and I mean just soaked like your tie is soaked. And, uh, and if, I, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't hold back when I saw the people there, so I, I just had to do that. So we came back, uh, had about an hour to shower, change, have a quick bite, and on the road again, and we traveled about 30 minutes to uh, what was a Pentecostal church that had come out. And the Pentecostal church was in an, another town. The main building is here. They kind of erected some temporary thing. There's chairs out here. And this church... Uh, is, was not far from Cassisi, and it was in that area. And that was their little building here, um, the people that were gathered in. So about three years ago, they first heard about water baptism. They've come out. The man that was there was a Pentecostal man. He was a gifted man, almost a prophet of some sort. But he come, he gave himself to this. He was also part of our convention meetings when he came there. So that, that's the man right there is the pastor. And uh, a couple of the ministers that were gathered there, and that was the church. And we spoke that second service on walking in present truth and took scripture showing how even after Jesus, well, I, I, I took it further, how when John came, there was many who were attracted by the ministry of John, but when they went for the ministry of John, John pointed to someone else. And that was a type in our last day. It's not just seeing the Elijah, is what was he pointing to? And it was to go beyond that. So then we took scriptures uh, out of the book of Acts. We took how um, Aquila and Priscilla had came to a service, and here was Apollos. Apollos was a mighty man in the scripture. He was eloquent, and he was preaching mightily, knowing only the baptism of John. And here's Aquila and Priscilla at the back of the church. And uh, they're at the back of the church. And they heard the service. And, you know, they came out after and shaking hands with Apollos. And, and he says, really good service. I really appreciated the word. You know, and he says, thank you, thank you. He says, hey, have you ever heard of what John was pointing to? I know, what was that? He says, well, Jesus of Nazareth. And, 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 and the scripture says, from that, from a couple who directed him, John had the word, but now the word came on the scene. He was pointing to the word. And when the word was on the scene, the word kept moving. And so we took scriptures. We took the Ethiopian eunuch. We took different ones. And we just took how, then we brought it into the New Testament, how that, that in the Old Testament, everything pointed to something. And then in the New Testament, there was a work that had to go. When we took scriptures regarding, and I got, I, I'm trying to keep conscious of my time, we had scriptures that pointed regarding the, the manna that was there. Well, you couldn't keep it over, but you had to take fresh manna the next day. 
and how that was through the church ages, and you had to move on, and Luther made way for Wesley and made way for Pentecost, and Pentecost made way for the opening of the word, and we just took it right through, and, and, and um, Brother James comes to me after, he says, you know, I really, the morning service was powerful, but this message was really directed to this group, and he he shared it with me, and, and uh, so it was, it was a really good service. We thank God for it. We went, uh, we finished the service that day, headed back to our hotel. Then we had the Easter convention meetings. This was a, uh, what he put out, the meeting. Somebody told me, it looks like you've undergone the body change there. And I said, no, I haven't. But at uh, any rate, uh, that was the poster that went out everywhere. I had a number of brothers from East Africa say, hey, I won't be able to make the meetings. I won't be able to. And <coughs> but nonetheless, we had a number of people that came to the meeting. So the next day, so two meetings on Friday, then two meetings on Saturday, and we drove again about 40 minutes another direction, went off the highway, and then down this road. And again, it was, it was beautiful. It's very lush countryside. Um, came down the road, and I, I thought, you mean there's a big convention here somewhere? You know, and then finally we came up near the top of the hill, and if I can just say, okay, I'll just blank this off. So what it was was that if, if, if the main church was here and the, and the main building, so they had, I say, about between 1,000 to 1,100 people. And what they did is they kept all the people in the grounds or surrounding homes or, or places, they rented mattresses. They did everything. They used the main church building as kind of a place for, for mothers and for others. And, and it was also where the ministers had their lunch. And they erected and everything was around it. So when you came in, there was a whole big crowd on this side. And there was tents. And then there was a whole big crowd on this side of the building. And then there was others over here. So everything was outdoors. And the main building was part of it. There's another house there. But they hosted everybody on site. And many of these people, they walked. Some were given, they couldn't even take buses. They rented these vehicles where they just loaded the people on the back of them and they took them to the meetings. And everybody was there and they hosted everybody. They cooked for them. They did everything. It was a tremendous labor of love for a church of 200 to do that. And... Uh, and it was just a, a great sacrifice. So we, we went to the meeting. So this, I'm, I'm, I'll get you a little bit more, but this is part of the crowd on one side of the building. This is that same side. So there's the main building. This is part of the crowd. And it went down the hill, down to the bottom. And then on the other side, it did the same thing. And this is some of the ministers that had gathered in behind the pulpit area. This is sort of what they had used for the pulpit. This is one of the brothers was introducing some of the ministers. They had song specials. They had things, and it was a, it was a blessing to be there. This is Brother Leo, a brother that met me at the airport, introducing some of the people. And again, just some pictures. All around you was people. And, uh, but it was a tremendous atmosphere. And so we, we went there. That service was on Saturday morning. <clears throat> As I was preparing, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like, it's Easter weekend. I, I almost relive the Easter weekend. I think Good Friday, this was our Lord. I think 
then Saturday, where was he? And then Sunday is kind of the resurrection. And so my thought, I, I, I really hadn't even thought, and I just took a subject on, on throne worthy and, and how Jesus, and, uh, and then I, I caught some of this with, with Brother Tim, and he took a service that was not quite, but it was some similarities, and, and I, was, I just was surprised how the Lord had led things. And, and just on character, and then Jesus suffered and did things, and how that relates to a people. And, and I, I just took things like Brother Branham, the great gift that he was given, you know, and I, I said, you know, just taking how this most gifted of all men, and he see visions, and, and it was entrusted to him, but it wasn't without character. And his character, how it was molded in him, and how it was brought all of this, so you're at the first meeting, and, and everybody's going to rejoice, and, and it was like everybody just like, it, it just hit home. And I had a couple of brothers that came to me after and said, you know, within the country and within the message as a whole, there's, there's a whole new crop that's rising up. There are young men, there are young ministers, and, and God, God gives them gifts, and you know, sometimes you're ready to charge out there and do things, but sometimes you need to learn. Sometimes you need to just get some seasoning. Sometimes you just need to seat at the feet of your elders. And uh, by the way, they, they recognized me as an elder. And, uh, and I said, listen, I, I'm just a young man. And he said, do you have any grandchildren? I said, yes, you're an elder. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so um, like I said, they, our church is very much... Um, recognized there because of the work. And, and everywhere I was introduced, Brother James said, this is the church that has sponsored the books that you're reading. And every time I just watched the hearts, the people, oh, thank you, and just start clapping. And please don't stop. And, and it was such a gratefulness for, for them to do that. So that was our, our first service that was there. And... Uh, we took that on the Saturday morning. Um, again, people were everywhere. I, I, I had some video clips. I'm not going to be able to play them this morning. I'll try and load them up for tonight. But um, at any rate, this, this was just, just the meetings. Now, okay, see if you can play that one, Brother, Brother Mark. See, it's, it's tur- what a resurrection this is. We are a part of the resurrection. So what I'm going to do is I, I rotated all of those to get them on the screen right, but then it defaults back to this, so I'll, I'll, I'll change that for tonight. any rate, that was, was part of the meetings. There were some clips of them rejoicing. This is another video clip. I won't play it because it's going to do the same thing. It's about two minutes long, but uh, this was the second service, and a few, uh, before I left, it was a Wednesday, God had just opened a thought to me. On, and I think I took it on Respa and her supplication. And, and, and I, I, I didn't even, wasn't even going there. And then this thought came to me just about the cry of the woman. And, uh, and I, I took the scripture from Paul speaking to the women. I said, let the women keep silence in the churches. And then I took, if the women want to learn anything, let them learn at home from their husband. So I said, a woman isn't silent, but her voice is there. 
under the position of her husband. And I brought it back from Eve. I brought it right through the scriptures. I took it through that, through other things. And, and, and I just took it through First Kings about the woman that, that Elijah came. And he came to her house. He visited her. And then her child got sick. You know, he kept her alive in famine. Her child got sick. And she cried back. And she had a right because she'd come under a headship. And under that, that cry was heard. And then I took it from the Shunammite and I took it from a few other scriptures. And it, I, I just, just about wept when I took the opening scripture and I said, let the women, and, and here's the sisters. And they just said, amen. And I thought, you would not find that spirit everywhere where I'm willing to take my position. And by the end of the service, I, I told the brothers, I said, you might think this is, you know where this is going, but you don't know where it's going. And, and the Lord was very much in that service, and uh, we, had a, we had a, you know, we brought it into different things, and I'm just going to keep moving along here because I just want to keep our time. So this was just, just at the meetings, um, and that was on Sunday morning, and then, uh, no, that was, oh, sorry, that was Saturday afternoon service. Then Sunday morning, we, we spoke on um, an Easter services on the resurrection, and uh, we, we took it on not just the work at Calvary, but Christ's work also as the Son of God, and intercessory work, coming down in this last day, now coming amongst the people again, and we just took it, you know, it, it didn't stop at Calvary, but he's been active in the church ever since, and, and taking what the atonement was, and took took the seven feasts and took how the feasts had come in and, and I said, you know, Israel had received in the Old Testament a Passover lamb. Then they had the feast of weeks, the first, the first fruits. And I took all of those. Now, I said, of those seven feasts, Israel has never come to the trumpets yet. But the trumpets are to bring them back to the atonement. Now, if you take the type in the Old Testament... The atonement is not a re-killing, but it's a recognition. And I said, so are we under a recognition, not of what happened at Calvary that we feel sorry, but of everything that God has purchased for us and the position that we have in him. And we just began to take it through. And I said, you have a voice, took it, taken from the woman the night the service before. And I says, we have now the sons and daughters of the king. He has purchased this for us. And I took it right into the adoption and how we've been made more than conquerors and and it just really climaxed that Sunday morning service. And now I'm just going to have to share something here because in between, all these people had shown, showed up at the service. And this is some of the end. And I, 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 uh, I'll just, So Sunday morning, this is Brother Ben on. He had, he had now translated... Oops, sorry. He had translated... Uh, this is the brother. He translated a number of services. So Sunday morning... I was grateful I had voice because I'd been going two hours of service almost and the people were just kept pulling you. And I get up there to speak and he says a few words and his voice just collapsed. Luckily they had another translator, just, interpreter that just stepped right in. <coughs> so we, we had that service. But the night before, uh, you know, like the devil always wants to throw something. Well, some of the neighbors didn't like the gathering and they reported it to the authorities. 
And Brother James had taken out a permit for this gathering. And in the permit, he had about 750 people allocated, but there was more than that. So now the authority said, there's too many. You don't have enough security. You don't have this. And he says, you got this white man preaching. What if he dies? I'm like, oh my goodness. What if anybody else dies? And, and I said, listen, my blood's as red as theirs is. I said, why? You know, but they didn't want the publicity and, and all these things. So I could see we were going home on Saturday, and Brother James was just so troubled and so... Uh, and, and, and we just, he said, let's pray. He says, I know you're a man of prayer. You just pray. And we just prayed. And so I didn't know where this was going in the middle of the night. I, I would say, just as I ministered that morning, the Spirit of God was so real. And that Spirit just stayed with me. And I go back to the room, and I was just thinking on the cry of the woman. And I, and I just began crying on, on the Lord. I, I, I entered into a prayer like I had not entered into for a while. And a, part of the burden was that. Part of it was situations at home. Part of it was other things. And I just say God was so real. And uh, the next morning I come to Brother James and, and he seemed to be okay. I said, so what's up? And he said, well, they've agreed that we can stay but only in the daylight hours. Can't carry over into the evening. So he says, this morning... I, we're going to have a longer, so that was the Easter Sunday, a longer service, and then we're going to do a minister's meeting right after. And I said, okay. And I said, thank you for, for that. <laughs> anyway, um, so we did that. So we, we climaxed the meeting. They had a number of, you know, it was just a rejoicing. Again, I'll, I'll try and give you a couple of those videos tonight. But there was, the people were just, just in, and you just can't explain let me, let me say this, friends. The purity of receiving the gospel. We have been so indoctrinated in North America. There's this opinion on the message and that opinion on the message and this is the way it's going. And this, but when you just preach the word and the people receive it and you watch something come out, it's so pure. Man has got nothing to do with it. It's God that's in charge of this message. I'll tell you what, it just did something for me. I said, just preach the word. Don't, don't try and fit in with somebody. Preach it like God gives it to you. And it was such a blessing to, to me to see these brethren and, and, and all the saints there receive the gospel. <coughs> it was just a, such a rejoicing. So this was the church building, and here's where all the ministers came in after, and they had... A meeting. So, by the way, the authorities charged him with a fine, which I think $300 U.S., and we helped him with that, but they had to have extra security. And, and then that morning, I forgot to tell you this, that the, the man who was there, who was kind of the chairperson for the government in the local area, they had him stand and say a few words. Well, it was like a political so, a, option for him, and he began to just talk about the government and how it's so nice that they can work with overseas countries and facilitating speakers, and this guy's got nothing to do with what we're doing, and, and he was just going on and on, and we were just tr trying to play some music and get him off and get him out, and anyway, but it made way for the gospel nonetheless, and it was all good, so we thank the Lord for that. So uh, we had a, uh, they had a meal, um, ministers gathered here. Um, this was uh, a lot of the other saints. They had like a cook hall behind another building, and like a thousand people eating 
every, every day. And, and, uh, so, and then this is what we had after, under one of these things, the ministers gathered. There was probably about 120 ministers. And so Brother James had me speak to them. And I, I took probably about 45 minutes and just spoke on my, my, some of the things I think Brother Harold had such a good foundation we all knew, many of us knew Brother Harold as a, as a pastor, but I would say as an apostle, as an apostolic anointing, it's different going in there. You, uh, Brother Harold would have a gift where he could just say something very concisely, deposit it, and move on to the next thing. And so that has stayed, and, and I, I kind of took some of that thought in some of the services, like... Don't labor too long. Just just get and make some points that will stick. And, and we did that. And then with the minister's meeting, we just took some of the same. And we took it now on where we're at in the message and where the season of the generations are. And, and, and again, I brought it back to the scripture I read. Wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered. I said, so the gathering is not unto men. The gathering is not unto gifts, and, and we don't bring people to ourselves. We bring them to the Word. And we lift up the Word because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And so we just brought th that, those thoughts and, and then they, they opened the floor for questions. Well, another hour later. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't know. Some questions came and, you know, there's the obvious questions. Can you help with this? Can you help with this? Can you help us translate Conduct order doctrine. Can you, you know, this message is this. And, you know, at, at some point, you know, you're just getting flooded. And I, I was so appreciative for Brother Leo and Brother Benon. And a couple times they stood up and I just thought, such wisdom. And I watched how the word had formed something in them. And I thought, we're seeing the maturing of the message. And even though there's young ones coming up, I said, and I, and I just spoke after the little bit, says, listen, there's some brothers here, it would take you, it would be good to sit and, and just sit at their feet a little bit. And uh, I don't know if you remember, um, Brother Branham was talking, I forget who it was, Tommy Hicks or somebody, and he says, you know, he had a call, and he says, and he told Tommy, he says, go sit under that old oak tree. Who was the old oak tree? Brother Bosworth. Senior man, he says, go sit under him. And I say, there's a value to how the message is passed on. I says, you don't pick up a book and get it all yourself, but there's a character to be formed. You need to sit and watch. You need to learn. You need to establish a character. You need to bring these things. So it was really beneficial. And uh, the brethren just were very, very grateful and, and for the time that we had there. So it was, it was the conclusion of the meeting. So let me go back for a moment. So the meetings were over. We started to head back because we had to close down before it got dark, and uh, we headed back. Now I had been there for five hours. I hadn't eaten anything, drank a little bit of water, did a little bit of this, and, but, but the people were starting to leave. This is how they were transported in these kind of big things, they, the, like a truck, and they just loaded on there, and they, they had to drive about a mile and a half out to the highway and then back to their places, but I could just, they were singing on the road. They were, they, it was just such a, it felt like you were in a different world. It was such a blessing to be there for me. And uh, so we, we were driving down the road and there's believers walking 
everywhere waving, you know, just, yeah, God bless you. And, you know, and uh, I forget their name for a white man there, but the little kids sometimes. I think it's in Malawi, you're called a Namzungo, but uh, it's a white man. And they, you know, you're driving down these roads and, and you see the little kids, it's just another vehicle. And then they go, ah, it's a Namzungo, Zungo. And, <laughs> and uh, I get like, Sometimes you just, you know, you want to look at them, you know, and I, I'm, we're parked somewhere and the kids are all peering, you know, they're looking and you can kind of see it out of the corner of your eye. And so then everybody that knows me after a while, they go, ah! <laughs> anyway, it's good to be human, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> so it was, it was a real blessing. After the meetings, we went back, <coughs> drove down the road to the hotel so the next day, Monday, Brother James arranged to go towards the border of Congo. And there was a Pentecostal church that had come out there. So we went to a meeting there in the afternoon. And we drove down these back roads. And we crossed the equator and, and then headed towards Congo. And we're driving down these roads. And uh, anyway, just right, you know, the mountains behind these these mountains actually hold some of the few remaining game parks in the world that have gorillas, uh, things like that. So it's a tourist area too. But then there's this church here. So these people had heard the message and had come out. So we drove in. There's kind of some buildings and, and we drove in. And there's some of the little girls that were there. And, and then this was the church building. Now, I'll just share this quickly. This brother, uh, he had come, he had received the message and this is one of the brothers, they have so embraced it. Like, this man had humility written all over him. You could see there was something that emanated from him and the church. I would say the spirit of that church was even different than the other one because they were going on and there was a manifestation of what the message was that was coming out of them. So we, we took that service, and I think in that service, if I'm not mistaken, I had taken that on God moving behind a veil. So from the messages, unveiling of God, and, and I took it um, just, just from the Old Testament, how God would hide himself in the Old Testament, how he would move, how he would go behind the pillar of fire, how he would um, tell Moses in Exodus chapter 3, and he'd say, I am come down. And when he came down, he says, I am come to deliver you, I'll do this. And he says, Moses, I'm sending you. And Moses was the veil. They, they didn't see the pillar of fire, but they saw Moses. And Moses was the veil that offended Pharaoh. And he raised up Janus and Jambres. And, <coughs> and, and uh, so took it from that. And then we took it how Moses went further. And then, you know, and as they went in the journey along the way, you know, how Moses had to go up in the mount, and when he went up in the mount, he had to come now. He's taking the word of God, and I took it now. It's not just Brother Branham, because when he came down, you know, like I was relating to Brother Branham, but when Moses came down, the veil of his flesh had to be, the glory was so great, he had to have a veil over his face. And with great, God had to hide himself, and, and people didn't know that this was, and, and taking some of the scriptures out of unveiling of God. And he says, Moses was the veil, but then God veiled him because Moses held the glory of God. 
And he was the pillar of fire. He was to that generation. So taking it, moving from just a prophet to the revealing of the Son of Man. And how it was God that was making himself known. I can't re-preach all these services, but just giving you a big, bit of a synopsis. So, so that was at this little church here. Uh, this was in that building. Just, uh, it was such a spirit of God. There were some pastors from Congo. There were some that had come from the other convention meetings that had followed us. And, and the people that were there. And there was people outside the building again. And uh, it, was, it was just a blessing. This, God, there's nothing like God's word when it comes into a heart. So, so this, this was, a, was a real blessing to be there. I, I got a video clip, but I'm going to turn those all. Afterwards, we went into the house and just had a little bite to eat there. Some of the brothers, the pastors that were there. And th- that was on the Monday. Now, I'm going to stop there this morning because it's 12 o'clock. And then we won't go any further. I'll pick a little bit of this up tonight, and then I have a little thought that I want to share. I want to just say this, this, this man who has this Pentecostal church, he, it's on family lands. And he has family in North America that are Pentecostals. Since he's received the message, he's now under increasing pressure and he doesn't know whether he'll be kicked off the land because not everybody receives it. And so, but he was such a humble brother, such just, uh, I, I just so was blessed by how he received the word, the church that was there. And I will say it, there is such a power in the word that we have that changes lives and changes our disposition. Friends, don't ever let the devil reduce you down to where it's about doctrine and words and quotes. It's a life. And that life is made known and it it lives and breathes itself out. Let's have the musicians come. I'm not going to keep you longer this morning. But I believe that that life, it it was just such a blessing to me to see that. And... uh, we had a little time of fellowship there. So that was seven meetings in four days. And, and I was just about a little bit spent. Went back to the hotel that night, had a little chance to rest. And then we resumed our journey, and we'll pick that up just tonight as we go into Malawi. And I'll just touch on that, and like I said, we'll do that. Anyway, I say all of that, my brothers, sisters, that you're a part of this. And I would say sometimes it's, it's a blessing to go, and I would say always it's a blessing to go. you got to blank out the things of the flesh, the comfort zone that you have sometimes. But what you gain, the value of, of being with believers and seeing the word work in them, I, I, I will say there's nothing quite like it. Now, I want to just say this um, before we go into a song. We also had been praying. Just maybe have a seat for a moment, Brother Michael. We also had been praying about other things we're doing. And one of the other things is, I will just say, well, um, Brother Moses went out to Quebec and ministered there earlier last month several times. I guess that's almost like overseas, but uh, not quite. Um, But uh, next month, here in a couple weeks, Brother Andrew will be going out to Ethiopia. And he'll be traveling with his father, uh, with Brother Tim, and they're going to be ministering in Ethiopia. Brother Mogus is the brother that's there. I had stopped in Ethiopia. I had a chance to communicate with Brother Mogus. He really wanted to pull me out of the plane and 
bring me in for a while. I said, no, I'm in the airport. I, I'll be catching a flight in an hour and a half. And I don't have the time. And, but they are also so appreciative. So Brother Andrew will be going in May. And I want you to be praying for Brother Andrew. One of the other things we've been praying about is Brother Tito. We've, we've been involved in the work in Guatemala. And Brother Tito has had a burden to go back to see the churches there. God had started a little bit of a work when we were there, bringing brothers of different factions, bringing them together. And it, you know, we had been originally looking at Easter as a time frame that didn't work there. And it was at that time we committed to going to, to Uganda. So, but Brother Tito will be leaving tomorrow morning and he will be going to Guatemala. And so he will be there with the with family. He'll be there with the brothers that, that we've had contact with before. And he'll be there for two weeks. And so they've arranged meetings next weekend. Now, um, they wanted a minister to come. So I had committed, but I didn't know it was going to be just the next weekend after I got back. So I will be leaving the Lord willing on Thursday. I'll be gone for five days. I'm in the same time zone. I don't have to travel 40 hours. I don't have to overcome all those things. So I'll be going for three days meetings with the brothers in Guatemala this upcoming weekend. So I, like I said, I don't like being away quite so much quickly, but it just seemed to be that's the time it worked out. So I want to ask you to pray and I'm, I'm going to miss the play, unfortunately, but I, I'm sure I will connect on it. So I want you to be praying for that. And, and I'm going to just ask, we're going to, maybe Brother Tito, if you would come. And we want to have prayer regarding Guatemala. So Brother Tito, if you would come, ask Brother Andrew and a couple of the ministers just to come up here. And uh, let's pray for Brother Tito. I'll also ask you to pray for me. Like I said, I'll be leaving Thursday morning. I'm going to be here till Wednesday. I'll be back on the Monday after. But it's... Uh, flying south to Houston and then to Houston on down. So we, we have some meetings scheduled. Is everybody good with that? Okay, if you're not, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand if you're not good with that. Brother Andrew, <laughs> there always has to be somebody in the crowd. <laughs> Come, Brother John. Listen, we appreciate the, brother, the burden that Brother Tito has for the people of Guatemala um, God has allowed us, you have all donated in some offerings. We still had funds left over from that. That is being used to help the brethren. Again, there's going to be brethren coming from many areas of the country. And we're going to be gathering together with Brother Ovidio. And Brother Ovidio has got a daughter that's in our congregation here. So, uh, and, uh, so we're going to be gathering together with them. And we just pray that God would make it a blessing. Let me ask you this. Do you enjoy it when a special speaker comes by our way? Do you? Hey, I enjoy it. I, I was listening to Brother Branham here in a message, Humble Thyself, and, and Brother Neville comes up and he says, oh, the fellowship between ministers is wonderful. And he says, we gladly sit down and we allow God to minister through our brother. And uh, so we enjoy it, but these brethren really enjoy it too. So... We want to be a blessing, and I believe God will, will, will bless us in return for what we give them. So I'm going to just ask you uh, if we'll just gather together here, and maybe what we'll do is we'll have, uh, Brother Moses, I'd ask you to lead us in prayer today, if you will, 
and just pray for Brother Tito. And also, he'll be leaving tomorrow morning, so he won't be at the service tonight. But then also for myself, I'll be joining him on Thursday. So if you can pray. Can us just bow our heads? Let's pray. Precious Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you already, Father, Lord, for the report that we heard this morning. Father, how you have been working mightily. Father, we are so grateful for what you do. Father, Lord, you have given us the burden and given Brother Tito the burden, Father, for the churches, Father, in Guatemala. Lord, we want to commit him to you, Father. Lord, it's not a man going, but we want you to go with him, Lord Jesus Christ. We commit him. Lord, we pray that you will give him favor with the people over there, Father. Yes. That the work of the Holy Ghost will continue to work, yes. Father. That the word of God will be spread. Father, there will be a great unity of the people, yes. Father. Lord, you, pre you prepare your word, Father, Jesus Christ, that will put a burden, that will work on that burden, yes. Father. Lord, Lord, we pray that the angel will go before him, Father. Yes. Lord Jesus Christ, that your presence will be there, Father. You work on both hands, Father. Lord, you put that burden because there is a burden. There must be a father place where you can yes. respond to that, Lord. May your presence be with him, Lord. We commit him to you in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Lord, we'll be also hearing for a great report from that as well, Lord. Lord, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord, Father. You said wherever you go in mission and work, Father, it's always in your perfect will, Lord. May you bless your servant in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We are also praying for our pastor, Lord, that we'll be going, Father, for those special meetings, Father. May you bless him richly, Lord Jesus Christ. May your presence be with him. Lord Jesus Christ, we put the enemy aside, Father, but your presence will be there, Father. May you touch the heart of the people, Father. Let the word of God be spoken, Father. Lord, that will increase the faith, Father. May, Father, you know the needs over there, Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we are looking for that day for the rapture. If, the, Lord, this required the presence so, Father, of the servant of God to be there, Lord, to increase the faith, Lord. Let it be so, Lord. Lord, all the sacrifice that being made, Father, we want for your word to be, God. Spread over there, Father, for your work to continue, Lord. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You work through man, Father. You use our hands. You use our feet. You use our voice. Father, Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit will continue working mightily, yes. Father. And all the glory and the honor will be given to you. We love you with all our heart, Father, Lord. We commit all these things in your hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's just stand and sing, take these hands. Before we just start, I just came to me, but we had been speaking the Sunday morning and, and we had taken Jesus ascending up to the Father after Calvary, the atonement, and he was accepted before God. And we brought it down to this last message and how Brother Branham was caught up beyond time and in a, in a vision and, and uh, transported and gathered with all these people. I was just speaking on that and, and just the way the Lord came down and, and took the thought, you know, and he says, you'll be judged with your people as Paul will be judged. And these were all his converts, millions of them. And then how... They all cried. He, he would say, oh, I'm so grateful because I preached every word that Paul preached. 
And then he would come and, and as he would say that, millions cried out, we're resting on that. And the voice came back to him and said, and if you're accepted, which you will be. <laughs> which you will be. And then one sister came up to Brother Branham and said, past nine, he says, if you wouldn't have come, we wouldn't be here. And Brother James just started breaking down. Some pastors came and a man that received the spoken word magazine, the, the Lord God has spoken. And out of that region, so many have come and, and they caught it and they said, now what if you wouldn't have come? Now I, I want to just put that back on you. What if there's somebody I can't get to, but they're in your school, they're in your community, they're by way, what if you wouldn't come and speak to them? If, if we could realize we're part of the end time plan. What if, you know, Brother Marshall's had four or five outreaches. You say, well, there's no evident fruit, but how do we know that somebody, and listen, not everybody will be bride, but there'll be some that will be there. I think we, we ought to just say, I want to be a part of it. It's not just the minister, because when I go, you're all part of it. Your prayers, your support, they're all a part of it. When Brother Andrew will go and Brother Tito, we're going as a church, we're going. As a group of people, we're going. So we want to be able to take that with us and say, Lord, you've given this life, you've given this vessel. Let me use it for you. Take my hands, take my voice. Can, can we identify with that this morning? Let's just sing this. these hands and lift them up. I have lost strength to praise you here enough. For I am nothing. I am nothing without you.
sing it one more time. Brother Ernie, can I ask you to come and close in prayer for us this morning? You just come right on up. And all my soul such a privilege to be part of this great body of Jesus Christ that is formed here on this earth that you have put together from every nation, every kindred, every tongue. Lord, as we hear these reports, Lord, how it stirs within us, Lord, that one day, Lord, we will have eternity to meet every soul that is represented in that great union, Lord. How great a time that'll be, Lord. That's what all this time that we're spending here, Lord, in, in fellowship, Lord, with the saints even in our congregation and around us. Lord, it's for the preparing of that going, Lord. Lord, one day soon, Lord, we will be caught away, Lord. I thank you for that promise, Lord, that we have from you. And I just pray, Lord, that these brothers, as they feel in their hearts to do a work for you, Lord, and may you just so graciously be with them in every step of their way. Lord, may their hearts just burn within them, Lord, to bring your gospel to each heart that is represented around them and to those that would be coming in, Lord, that you would speak to in some way, Lord, some shape, some form. Lord, you only know every heart that you will have in your kingdom. And Lord, we're trying to reach out to each one. I pray that you'd bless us here at home as we are representing you, Lord, here. Lord, as we go to our different places, Lord, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, will be with us all and be a light and a testimony to everyone we would meet, Lord. Lord, that our life would so shine, Lord, that you would be so present in our life, Lord, that whatever we come to, Lord, that they would say there's something about that person that, that we desire, but we don't know what it is. May they ask, Lord, and may we be so gracious as to give them the words of life too, because we are your voice, your final voice to this age. I pray that you'd bless this remainder of this service as we go to our different places. All the musicians, our brother Ed, Lord, regain his strength for him. Pray that you bless everything, Lord, that we would have the rest of this day, Lord, as we gather tonight again. May your words come forth so graciously to us. We thank you for this. We ask your blessing to go with us, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We need to sing a song. Send the light. Send the light.
You know, you've got a little bit of light. I got a little bit of light. That's how the gospel is spread. Somebody comes with that light. I'll tell you what, more than we realize, I think sometimes the devil has maybe conditioned us too much. Too many times that we haven't. I, I just would encourage you, just wherever you are, just be free with the gospel. You know, let, let that light shine. Let it, let it bring forth. I believe that's what we're required to do. Let's sing it here. There's a call comes ringing the restless in your brother it's in your sister it's it's not just this tabernacle it's not even this screen that flickers red and green and blue and white or whatever it is but the light is in you amen why don't you shake hands with your brother sister god bless you thanks for your patience be dismissed see you tonight